Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tether off, we're gonna tether off the mother sucker. Tether off the sucker. Tether off, we're gonna tether off the mother sucker. Tether off the sucker. Tether off, we're gonna tether off the mother sucker. Tether off the sucker. Don't lie, right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, it is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick takes songs from a particular soundtrack um, and plays those songs for us. And based on these selections that are played, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And this uh, week, it is Undercover Brother. Damn good selection. And a great Look, soundtrack, too. Great soundtrack. Wow. I got to say, underrated soundtrack, man. Good mm. job, Patrick. Well done. Yeah, Patrick. I mean, you always do a good job, but you stumped us today. He is the ideal you yes. for a reason. Yes. Uh, okay, uh, it's offseason, so a lot of NFL rankings are out there. I love NFL rankings. You just love to go through them. They always uh, spark debate and conversation. And Harge just brought this one up, so I hadn't even really looked at it. I just uh, was talking to Harge about it because he, uh, he saw it in the break. That uh, Pro Football Focus has ranked the top cornerbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Did you say the the Cowboys corners are both in the top ten? Yeah, the Cowboys new cornerbacks. Well, one new cornerback, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, let's just start at the top. Sauce Gardner is being considered the number one ranked defensive the, back. He's the best corner in the league in the league right yeah. now. Jalen Ramsey, who we've all looked at and been like, man, sometimes he's he's getting a little toasty. Mm. Still talking that yin yang, but he's still giving up some big plays. But He's still ranked as number two. And don't forget now, he's going to be with Vic Fangio yeah, as his defensive yeah. back coach. So, and I mean, not say, defensive back I, coach. I wouldn't even coach. put him at corner necessarily. I'd, I'd put him on DB rankings because they move him so much around yeah. the star and everything. I don't necessarily think he's just a you – know, he's not the – I don't know if he's the number two corner in the league. Either. Right. But so, he's a great defensive back, though. So point. then it goes Darius Slay of the Eagles, uh, Patrick Sertain of the Broncos, Jair Alexander of Green Bay, Stephon Gilmore coming in at number six for the Dallas Cowboys, Marshawn Lattimore of the New Orleans Saints, yeah. and Trayvon Diggs coming in at number eight. Wow. Number nine, J.C. Horn, who I thought the Cowboys were going to get during the draft. They ended up going elsewhere, did not get him. And Jamal Dean of uh, Tampa Bay comes in at number 10. So they're basically saying the Cowboys have the best cornerback duo in the league. They have to. That's what they're saying. I mean, and, 
as Stephon Gilmore, even though, I mean, what is he, like 30 now? I mean, he got one defensive player of the year at one time. And he's not playing at that level right now, but still, he's got that in him. And he's 32 years old. Yeah, Yeah. he had a better season last year. He had to have knee surgery, but he basically played two seasons on a bad knee. Had the knee surgery and looked better last year. So if he continues to recover from that knee surgery, he could have another year. It's a question of when the decline starts. But it seemed like it started a little earlier for Gilmore because that knee injury. But then last year it looked like he was a better, a different he was player again. Back, yeah. Wow. Um, I would have had him really high. I don't know if I'd have him. Do we think they're the best? Are they the best cornerback duo in the league? Uh, if we're going by Pro Football Focus, and you know how I feel about that, well, I'm exactly. going with it today. Yeah, like man, yeah. You were just talking trash on Pro I'm Football go, Focus. I'm going with but it today. today. You learn it. You're all about it. Um, I'm all in on it. <laughs> I, yeah, you know what? It it does kind of, you know, you can justify it, I should say. Mm-hmm. You can definitely justify it. But, yeah, that's, that's high expectations. And we talked about it last hour, or at least um, in the uh, – we talked about it in the 4 o'clock hour, that there was a lot of weaknesses on this Cowboys team. Yep. The Cowboys defense, uh, they addressed all the weaknesses that the Cowboys defense were exploited with or exploited on last year when they addressed the cornerback position. They traded for Stephon Gilmore, and they drafted Mozzie Smith as a interior defensive tackle because last year they were very susceptible to the interior runs, and their rush defense actually had them below average. It was the only below average thing about the Cowboys defense overall last year was their rush defense, and the only place that they could be exploited was that cornerback spot opposite Trevon Diggs. They remedied both of those issues, and I think, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about, and that was a top-five defense last year. Mm-hmm. And now you're talking about a cornerback duo that may end up being top ten, or sorry, with two top ten corners, and we just talked about Deron Bland at the nickel. Yep. And he had an outstanding uh, for a, you know, rookie campaign where he had five interceptions as a rookie. That was a little surprising. But I will say I can't in my mind think of a cornerback duo. This, the Philadelphia Eagles is, they might be in that conversation. Yeah, they, had a, they have a really good cornerback duo, and I think they're bringing back both Darius Slay and Bradbury. They bring back both of those guys. Yep. The Miami Dolphins will be in that conversation because of Ramsey, and they still got Xavier Damn Howard, Howard. Yep. who's a really good player. Um, yeah, but that's about it. I mean, it's not many teams that are in that conversation, and the Cowboys are definitely one of them. Another former Dallas Cowboy comes in at number 18, the one that uh, mm-hmm. my man Drew Pearson was so excited to draft, Shadobi Awuzi. Uh, he, he's yeah. number 18. Now he's with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, nah, so, man, the, once again, Cowboys, people are high on what they did this offseason. We brought up the Bill, yep. Bill Barnwell offseason rankings for moves and trend and uh, transactions, acquisitions that were made during the offseason. He's got the Cowboys third, third best offseason of the NFL uh, offseasons, and he's got the, I think the Texans were 22nd. But everybody's high on what the, what the Cowboys did. They, they were really aggressive, very active in the offseason, and they upgraded at several different spots. Yeah, one of my favorite players that has been in the league for quite some time now, and he's kind of, I don't know if he's, you know, Patrick was talking about, is he starting to fall off and go the other way, is Patrick Peterson. He comes in at number 31. I've been a big fan of his. I just thought he was a playmaker. He just goes out there and he can lock down one one half of the field. But I don't think he's that type of player anymore. I think he's starting to transition to another part of his career. He's 33 years old. But is he somebody that you think can resurrect his career playing for the Steelers? 
Um, I would say old cornerbacks have a chance at being repurposed, um, especially today's NFL because all the time they can just move him to safety. Yeah. And I almost wonder if he's one of those guys that's ready to transition to safety because they have really been able to evolve their football IQ, their football acumen over time because they're veterans. They've seen almost anything you can see because they played so long. And Patrick Peterson's going on what? Is he, is he 10 at, years or something? Yeah. He's, he, oh, he's, he's 33. So we're talking about 10 years, 10 plus shit, right? Yeah. We're talking about a. He came in in 2011. Damn. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I think he may be ready for that transition, actually. Yeah. Where the physical skills have deteriorated, and it's really hard for him in today's NFL to keep up with, you I know, the, the, the young bucks, all right? The guys who are as quick as they are fast. But for a safety where his football IQ and football acumen will be more of an asset. I like it. And he doesn't have to worry about the physical deterioration of his skills because he's matched up against you know, the tight ends and running backs, he can cover those guys. As a matter of fact, his skill set is an advantage um, against those types of players. So that's probably what I would start thinking about if I was the Steelers. But I don't know what their cornerback situation looks like right now. Yeah. Then they, they drafted a corner, they drafted a a corner, corner. really high, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, they got a Joey uh, Porter. Yeah, Joey Porter. Joey Porter. Yeah, yeah. So, good point. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's what I would do. I've seen him play, and I'm never confident when they throw at Patrick Peterson. Well, they got Patrick Peterson, uh, Keanu Neal playing strong safety. They got Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, for Minka. Yeah, Minka's a beast. Minka is a beast. He's a beast. And they just drafted Porter Jr. And the other one is uh, Chandon Sullivan. He's undrafted out of Minnesota, mm. but he was there for already. Yeah. And Dante Kazi. Mm. Oh, Demonte Kazi. Demonte Kazi. Yeah. Oh, man. They got two former Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Kazi and uh, Keanu Neal. Yep. And both of those guys, I mean, Kyle O'Neill was seen as a hybrid, like a linebacker safety. I think he That's wanted to why play he's safety. That strong safety yeah, position. Yeah, they got to so bring him down in the box. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's a listen. I'm 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 high on the Cowboys defense. I think it's it was a top five defense last year, yep. and it was the best defense at pressuring the opposing quarterback last year. Led the NFL in pressure rate, and the last two seasons, the Cowboys have led the NFL in takeaways, and they're the first team to lead the NFL in takeaways in back to back seasons since the Steel Curtain mm. did it. Speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they did it three years in a row. Cowboys are. On their way to doing it three years in a row with the different, uh, all the different upgrades they made on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah. love it what they've done. Um, all right, let's get to the offensive side of the ball for the Cowboys. Since we're talking Cowboys, might as well keep the conversation going. This will lead us to a Bijan conversation, too. So, I saw that there was um, a ranking from USA Today about running back rooms, the overall running back uh, room rankings in all the NFL, just to take all the, the drama out of it and the suspense. Uh, Bijan Robinson, Atlanta Falcons are number one. That's just uh, – Isn't that crazy? They got to miss the best running back room in all of the NFL. Is there a running back room better than the Atlanta Falcons now with – let me give you the, the running backs. Bijan. Tyler uh, Algier. Yeah, because he went for like a he went thousand. Over, yeah, he was yeah. a thousand yard and, and back. And did it in like, I think starting what, like seven, eight games? He, started, yeah. he didn't even start the whole season. He started like half the season. Yeah. Nope. And still got a thousand yards. And Corderell Patterson, former wide receiver, now switched to running I mean, back. He is slash. Who like, is, uh, yeah, a hybrid form. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They do believe in positionless football. Is that the best running back room in the NFL? Or would you take, I don't know, San Fran's in the conversation? The Colts, I guess, could be in that conversation. The Lions now, M- maybe. I mean, you look at all these teams. You pretty much have you have one premier back, and then everybody else does a little bit of something the else. Committee. Yeah, you know. So it's going to that 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 committee 
of the running back room. The main thing is you can look at some of these teams and, and the reason why I like uh, what I, what Seattle has with Kenneth Walker III and Zach Charbonnet now. That's nice. That's yeah. a good running back campaign. I mean, uh, room right there. And I also like what David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs can give you from, from uh, Detroit. They got Buffalo ranked. They got Buffalo sixth. With James Cook, Damian Harris, and Naheem Hines, that's way too high. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think we, they don't even have a good running exactly, game. They don't even like Buffalo yeah. Bills running backs. They got them <laughs> number six. Uh, I like, actually, and I'm with you about Seattle. I, I like Chicago. They got Chicago's at number 10. Yeah. Uh, but I like Deontay Foreman, Rojo, uh, and Khalil Herbert. That's a good group, too. But, yeah, just showing you how high. I like Philadelphia. to I be like kind of uh, obvious with you. Bang for your buck. Philly's the best running yeah. back room in the NFL. Bang for your buck-wise. Yep. Maybe them in Chicago because I think they're paying less than $5 million total for like yeah. their running back room. Yep. Something yeah. crazy. Because Herbert and Roshan are both on rookie contracts. Yeah. Yep. And they're paying – Foreman, two million. Yeah, so they had pennies on the dollar. I mean, yeah. so that terms of bang for your buck, that Chicago Bears uh, running back room is really good. But guys, getting back to the the Cowboys here, they have the Cowboys, and, and the Cowboys. Think, keep in mind, they have been both head coach and Stephen Jones, front office execs, have been adamant that they want to run the ball more this season. They want to run the ball more this season. They're going to run the ball more. Their running back room is ranked 26th on this list. And I got to tell you, I don't necessarily, I don't disagree totally. It probably could be a little bit higher because Tony could be Pollard. Lower. <laughs> it could be lower, too. <laughs> could be lower too. Uh, they got Tony Pollard, Malik Davis, and Deuce Vaughn. They got it as the 26th high, uh, ranked running back room. Harge, does this give you a little anxiety as a Cowboys fan? They keep talking about running the, running the ball. Yes, absolutely. Because I don't know – look, we've talked about this before. Tony Pollard is exciting. He can he can definitely hit you with a home run. But after he hits the home run, he's normally not good. Yeah, it's recovery time. It's not the same. And it's now you different. add in there that he, you know, he's been rehabbing from that broken leg. There are so many things that we can sit here and try to hope is going to happen. When you, we don't know exactly what he's going to be is until he becomes that guy, until he becomes the one like Zeke Elliott, where we could actually say Zeke was great at this, and now he's at the point where he's a different back. We just know him as that slash and dash type of guy that has only carried the ball. What's the most that he's ever carried it in a game? What seventeen times? I have to go check. I think that. it was it hasn't like, been many. yeah, it hasn't been many. that many. Yeah, so. I am going to see how they're going to use him. And if they're talking about they want to run the ball, I don't know if he's that guy that can run it that often. I could be wrong. It could be something that they develop. That that can be something, too. But as of right now, when you look at this team, no. No, yeah. I'm not at that. Now, the Skip Peak quote from last year when they were asked about Tony Pollard becoming a workhorse every down back, he said uh, the juice isn't the same and he's not as quick not as fast when he had that long run on the third and one uh, against the Bears for 54 yards as soon as he got to the sideline he said coach I'm done I'm done for the game done I got no more uh, he said some guys are race cars some guys are high quality expensive sedans those sedans can go on forever and for a long distance at a very high rate where race cars go very fast and quick and then they run out of gas I've always just felt that at that position you got to have two guys that are quality backs that can help each other 
bounce off each other, and it helps if their running styles are a little bit different. So Pollard needs the change of pace back to compliment him. Mm-hmm. They need to trade for Dalvin Cook. Right. They need to trade for well, Dalvin Cook. I think they're going to wait for the June 1st and, see, see, if if he's, and see if they release him. Which I mean, it's tomorrow. So clearly they're not making a deal tonight. Yeah. So we will see if he gets released shortly after June 1st. That would be the next way. Yeah. And again, I like Deuce Vaughn, but I don't think that's the change. I think Deuce Vaughn is too similar to Tony Pollard of a guy who's going to be trying to run outside of the tackles a lot more right. and a guy who's going to try and be, you know, break big plays for you that I'm not sure for the NFL he's going to be able to take the abuse of running inside the tackles 20 times a game. Why would you even want it? Then you're going to yeah, take you away his explosivity. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, and so that's where you, just, you want to find that other guy. And then – with me, when I, when I see Deuce Vaughn, I go, well, Deuce Vaughn's your guy that if Tony Pollard isn't great this year, you can find maybe you can keep Tony Pollard at a disc or keep Deuce Vaughn at a discount and let Tony Pollard go somewhere else and then next year be set with a different kind of running back room. I I just don't know if this year that works well together. And again, we've all said it. It's what 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 Tony Pollard shows up week one. I listen, I, I think Tony Pollard, yeah, he's going to take a while. It's going to take him a while to get his groove back as a player and, yeah. and to see that same explosive step uh, from him because he is one of the most explosive running backs in the league. You, he's got his – if you go look at his runs that he got to at least 15 miles per hour on just running, 22% of his runs he got to 15-plus miles per hour on. He had 43 runs where he got up to that top speed. Like that's legit, <laughs> man. That's getting it. Uh, that is exactly right. That's getting um, it. That's that is getting. He had thirty-one ten-plus yard runs. Hell, Dalvin Cook had thirty. Some people would say that they are very similar to um, Dalvin Cook. He broke twenty miles per hour on carries three times last season and had one of the top speeds of any running back when he hit twenty-one miles per hour on one of his runs. Mm, so he mm, still mm. can go. He can still run, run. I, if the Cowboys get Dalvin Cook, I would say how many offenses in the NFL that I would say at that point would be that I would take over theirs and maybe maybe two, maybe yeah. two or three. You're talking about and even, you know, Kansas City's overall offense, yeah, you'll take Patrick Mahomes. But if you start looking at the Cowboys, they get Dalvin Cook along with all the other weapons. Man, it'd be hard to say you'd take all of these skill position guys over the Dallas Cowboys skill position guys. Say it again. Pacheco. I mean, I like Pacheco, but I mean, and I like Kelsey is the best player potentially of all those guys, but man, the complement of weaponry that Dak would have if it's uh, Dalvin Cook in the backfield with a Tony Pollard, Mm -hmm. with Gallup, and with Brandon Cooks, and with CeeDee Lamb, now you're cooking with. With grease, uh, with, yeah. a, with a lot of hot grease. I think yeah. also if you're, if, and that's if you're, if you're not able to get Dalvin Cook, if they're still asking for a ton, they decide they're going to keep him or whatever else, or he goes somewhere else. Whatever happens, I think you got to be really hoping that one of these rookie running backs that wasn't expected to blow up just dominates early, oh, and the team's yeah. like, oh, we got another guy we can get rid of now. Good point. Like the Bears. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Bears, but yeah. like there's a number of these teams that'll take you know yeah. they took a running back somewhere in there mm-hmm. and just goes, oh, if he's comes out and he's ready to ball year one. And they're like, oh, we'll ditch this contract and we'll get – then Dallas yep. can jump on that before the trade deadline and go, okay, now we got another piece that, you know, we did have to use Deuce and, and Tony a lot earlier, but we'll give him a little break in the next couple of weeks and we'll be ready to roll. Yeah, someone says Deuce is going to sneak in there and take the job. We all love Deuce. And I, mean, I, do, I hope it happens. And I think in a couple of years Deuce will be one of those complimentary uh, pieces in the backfield. But I don't know if you want to depend on that with an unproven commodity 
and, the and first also, year you want to try with a new offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. With a new play caller. And, and, also, and, like, Hold up. and yeah. his his pass blocking at K State, he was good at kind of chop blocking or the the cut blocks. He's okay at that. He's not really a big enough guy to block block a giant defensive end or like so there is issues with what he can do blocking wise and Tony Pollard not also as great a lot one of the reasons why Zeke was in in a ton of pass plays much better pass blocker so that's another question of who's going to be in there on third and longs or like do you have are you just going to have to bring in another tight end are you going to have to bring in somebody else are you going to you know Maybe you go out and try and find a fullback or something. To just they do have a fullback though. They got as an undrafted free agent. But you're right. They they that'd be a waste for the. But Cowboys, that's what I'm saying. But, so mm-hmm. there's that point of do you have a running back you can put in that can give you that little added protection? That's so ridiculous. They should just <laughs> got drafted Rojo, or they should have picked up Deontay Foreman. Both of them end up with the Bears. Both of them end up with I the Bears. Can't believe, I can't believe we're at this point in the offseason. And the Cowboys still don't have a bell cow running back or a running back that I consider to be the main, uh, kind of the main dish right? no. uh, of the the running game. You got all these kind of I need side, some meat and potato yeah, guys. You got side dishes. Nothing, yeah. uh, nothing against Tony. Pot. I love me some Tony. Pot. I love Deuce Vaughn. Those are side dishes. You need a main course for your running game, and I don't think you have that right now. I mean, look at what look at one of the, the biggest key elements to Philadelphia's success was being able to go for it on fourth and short always because they could push it up the middle, and that's not a running back. But it's still the concept of oh, we're fourth and short. We know we can get it. And they had two running backs they trusted last yeah. year. Yeah, Dallas doesn't have that. Dallas has third and short. Yeah, get the punter ready. Uh, oh man, they still got to find a kicker too. That's something else they. I thought they'd have figured out by now. They still haven't figured out the kicker thing, right? No, they they just act like the, so. The kicker and the running back. I don't know why they've got the. But Jerry's, Jerry's to procrastinate kicker, on this. Jerry's let the kicker thing go many years. That is true. They don't prioritize kicker. And you can find a good kicker late. You can. Cameron Dicker. Is he still available? I don't think so, but we should have got him. No, yeah, and if, if he you is, could, now you, you should have. get him. Yeah, if he, I don't, I don't think he is because he has such a great year. Yeah. There's no way somebody gonna let Dicker slip through the cracks. He didn't. He didn't tell me when we saw him at the party. He, oh yeah. Yeah, we got a chance to talk to him, but I didn't want to bug him to death about. Uh, hey man, you, who you gonna kick for? That is true. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. But I, I mean, Dicker's it. gonna have a job. I think we all knew that that Dicker was gonna end up getting a job, not only because his name is awesome, yeah. but because. The man can kick. The man's got a leg. No, no. Um, okay, uh, that's enough Cowboys discussion. Texter here, we'll end with this conversation here. He says, um, guys, this offense is going as that goes. He has more weapons, more in all caps, by the way. He has a healthy finger uh, in all caps. He has a better defense, and, of course, the head coach is going to say whatever. But this offense is going to revolve around Dak. Love your show. Go, boys. Um, he's right. If yeah. they don't get big Dak energy, none of this matters. Yeah. I I assume they will get big Dak energy because I'm a Dak fan. So is Harge. I you you get the best of Dak most of the time. Yes, I mean, they just saw a bad part of him yeah. this last year. Yeah, and 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 you need to see more of that clutch best version of Dak in the playoffs when it matters. Yep. In the division round, I get that too. Uh, but yeah, I I think Dak with more weapons. I think you're gonna see and a Dak who's coming off of his. What's worst season, really, in terms of decision making, yep. um, because he led the NFL interceptions. I think you'll see a different Dak. I think you'll see that that big Dak energy. I'm I'm hoping so. Yeah, and because if, I need to get these haters off me. If not, then <laughs> yeah, oh, they're coming to get me. Yeah, because the Cowboys. This, and and the, the thing that sucks about this season for the Cowboys, the regular season doesn't matter that much. 
That's true. Is that it's all about getting past the division round. You can win 13, 14 games. They won 12 back-to-back back years. Back exactly. And Mike McCarthy's a terrible coach. I mean, like, my man won 12 games back-to-back. Yep. And, I got to give fans, Big Mac a, a little bit of love. Give man. him love. But Cowboys fans don't care about that anymore. They want to make it pass. If you, if you win nine games, nine to ten games, barely making it to the playoffs, but make it to the conference title game, Cowboys fans will be more. We'll be just they'll fine. be more satisfied with that than a twelve-win yeah. season where you once again are beaten in the divisional round. Very true. Exactly. Yep. I need. I need. I need uh, at least get us to the championship. You got to get past. You got to get to get some to championship, championship game, game. Yep. of some sort. Yep. Conference or Super Bowl. Um, but if they get to the Super Bowl, that means Aaron Hogan. He's got to start. Getting, start getting stretching, it. E. He's got to start getting that uh, that route ready to walk to <laughs> yeah. Dallas, which he's a uh, promise he made, what, 20-something years ago? Betty no made doubt. That he would walk to Dallas if the Jerry Jones-led uh, squad, as him as GM, yep. won a Super Bowl. And technically, he could get out of it because he's not technically making the personnel decisions anymore. No doubt. But he cannot renege on this his no, bet. he cannot. He yeah, cannot. He's not a reneger. No, so he don't want to do that. Uh, I will throw in Cameron Dicker, uh, still on the Chargers roster apparently, but they also have Hopkins, uh, who got injured, which is why they signed him. Hopkins signed a three-year extension in 2022. So one of those guys will most likely be gone before the season starts because you don't normally carry two kickers, especially when the kickoff game does not matter anymore. Wow. So you think Jerry Jones is waiting on Dicker the kicker? I think there's uh, probably ten teams like that yeah. that have two kickers that would be an upgrade for the Cowboys. <laughs> And they go, hey, you know what? We'd rather have this guy. So whichever one doesn't make your team, we'll take. Uh, you make a good point there because the Cowboys are certainly not panicking about it. It's not a big issue for them. Uh, all right, so it's enough Cowboys conversation. We come back. Uh, how about talking a little Texas baseball? Interesting article about the best players remaining uh, in the regionals in college baseball. There's a Longhorn on the list. We'll what? discuss that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful night the horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick takes songs from a soundtrack, plays those songs for us, and based on these selections that are played, uh, we're supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And I actually think I remember this song in Undercover Brother. I remember this scene actually randomly. Is this when he was uh, getting in trouble? Like when they were in the office? And yeah. that's when Dave Chappelle <laughs> was in there talking to him too. <laughs> Go out there and get me undercover, I brother. Got Dave Chappelle oh, was yeah. in it too, oh, man. Yeah. A nice cast in there, actually. They did. Wasn't bad. All uh, right, so thanks to my man Patrick. Always uh, 
testing us and broadening our horizons on a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, shout out to my man Chip Brown over at Horns 24-7 who broke this story. He says, uh, while Texas and Oklahoma are attending the SEC spring meetings, um, shout out to Chris Del Conte, I think Chris Plonsky is there as well, yep. um, that, that they basically, one order of business became clear this week between the Red River rivals. He said there are no plans to move the Red River showdown from the Cotton Bowl. Um, he said Oklahoma Athletic Director Joe Castiglione, love that name, told Horns 24-7 that while the current contract for the Texas OU game at the con- at the Cotton Bowl expires in 2025, the plan is to renew the deal with some improvements to fan amenities moving forward. So for all you have been talking about, maybe with Texas going to the SEC, new rivalries, new schedules, and maybe there could be some on a new spin on Texas OU game, maybe a home and home or maybe moving it to Jerry world or something like that. That ain't happening. It's staying at the Texas state fair where it should be. It should be there. It's the only place it should happen. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're going to, if you're going to do something and you shouldn't, but if you were going to do something, then maybe you could rotate it every four or five years to a home and home. And that's only like one, one, I said one, one and one every five years. So it's something like generationally you could do for like every group of students that's there. They would get a chance to experience a Texas game in Norman, yeah, or a you know Oklahoma game uh, in Austin. No, that's good. We'll just keep it in Dallas. I was I would never I would never yeah. go to the one in Norman, but <laughs> I would go to the one they would have here in Austin. But I'm with you. There's no need to move it. It is one of the most unique atmospheres in all of college football, uh, and it it has no rival in my opinion. The world's largest outdoor cocktail cocktail party is another neutral site rivalry that uh, people talk about being kind of one of one of a kind. Uh, yep. But I talked to you know, Big Red. Who Keith Moreland, who's played in you know World Series games and is a legendary lifetime Longhorn on Fort Acres. I've heard him. I heard Dan Neal talk about who's played in Super Bowls. Both of those guys have said that the Texas OU game was it, they were more hype and it was a more unique environment for them and they were more hype playing in that game than they were in World Series and Super Bowls. Yeah, crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah, so I'm glad it's there, and I'm glad they're going to keep it there. Uh, okay, uh, Harge, real quick, there was a, a list here, and I'll give uh, 247 Sports credit because they're the ones uh, who had uh, the list. They uh, have a list of best players left uh, in the 2023 regionals, top mm-hmm. college players, Major League Baseball draft prospects. Uh, they throw out a lot of different uh, players here, and they, and they go all around. Uh, the different regionals and 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 bring up different players. There's a long one listed on here. Oh yeah, they got Lucas Gordon oh, as yeah. one of the players listed as one of the best players left to watch in the regionals. Uh, we know Lucas Gordon has been exceptional, Big Twelve Pitcher of the Year. He's been phenomenal. Uh, what uh, if there was another Longhorn that could make this list? Who would it be? Or if you were gonna end, what Longhorn has the best chance to make this list? I'd say after Lucas Gordon. Well, you know exactly who I'm gonna say. I'm just gonna be Dylan Campbell. Okay. I mean, Dylan Campbell. We've we've had great conversations about him throughout the year and about throughout throughout the years, the seasons that he's played here on the 40 acres. He's gotten better and better. And one of his biggest attributes, and Danny Davis talked about this a little bit yesterday when we had him on, was the fact of how good he plays the outfield. He is unbelievable in the outfield. When you see how shallow he plays and the plays he makes going back on a ball and then cutting down runners, 
it is something that I, I don't think people really have the understanding to appreciate a mm-hmm. lot of the times, unless you're definitely somebody that's been paying a lot of attention to the baseball team. The guy is unbelievable in the outfield. He runs the bases well. He always seems to make the right play, and we've seen him do some amazing things. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Dylan Campbell, and I haven't been uh, ashamed to say that from the very beginning. Uh, but he would definitely be a name that I thought would be on there. Yeah. Um, and for the Longhorns' next opponent, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, who they're going to play? The Raging Cajuns. The I Raging Cajuns. Um, who would make the list? Oh, the, who's the guy that makes the list for the Raging Cajuns? Who's uh, that guy? Who's the guy? The shortstop, L. DeBarge, the one I was telling you about <laughs> yesterday. Right, yes, right. Kyle DeBarge. Yes, yeah, right. That's, that's right. right. Okay. He, he is. He's definitely a name to pay attention to. He plays shortstop. He's been starting at shortstop since his freshman year, making plays. So he would definitely be the one that I would look for for them. Okay. Uh, there you go. Some. Uh, we'll talk a lot more uh, Texas baseball, of course, uh, getting closer and closer to that matchup versus the Raging Cajuns. And uh, tomorrow we're going to talk a ton about the NBA Finals. My man Patrick's experiencing withdrawals without any basketball right now happening. Uh, real quick before we uh, get to the last segment here, uh, game time announcements for Texas football. Uh, this came down earlier today, so it wasn't necessarily pressing news or breaking news. Uh, but the Rice – Kickoff time, game time announced for 2.30 p.m. Mm. Um, Wyoming, 7 p.m. And Texas Tech, 6.30 p.m. Interesting. Hey, getting some primetime games, baby. Hey, we're not in that heat. That's what it's about. <laughs> What's the then the Bama game? That was, was that. That was that time announced. As well? Oh yeah, that's a that's a night game as that's well. Six p.m. Right. Six p.m. Yeah. Ooh man, that's how you know your program now is starting to become an it school again. There it they is. want to put you in prime time. Remember when Texas was? I mean, it wasn't too long ago uh, when they were really uh, struggling. Struggling. All those eleven a.m. kickoffs yeah. for Texas football. Mm-hmm. That brand I shouldn't be playing that damn Ever. early all the time. Ever. I even agree with Chad. Even the Texas OU game, 2.30 is probably a better kickoff time than 11 a.m. Yeah. For a game of that magnitude. I agree. Come on, man. Give the people some time to get up. Give the people what they breakfast. want. You know what I mean? At least you can drink afternoon. <laughs> <They're laughs> no, nah, at that point, at everybody's ready to go. Taking shots at 9 hey, a.m. Yeah. You, you know they're going to be taking shots at 8 a.m. no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> you, can put the game at, you can put the game at midnight. They be yeah. taking shots at 8 a.m. That's why they can't have it at night because exactly. you're right. They're going to be drinking all day. That's a fair point there. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up, put it in the oven, let you know what's on tap right here on Ball. Don't lie, wonderful nine horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash you? Oh yeah. yeah, I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's five o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already five o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... Mm, mm, mm. Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we get out of here, let you know uh, what's on tap because the Wednesday Night Flex coming up next. They are jam-packed. They it's are a jam-packed. star-studded affair. So they're going to have uh, Miles Coleman. He's going to come on, the uh, fantastic wide receiver from Andy Griff. Alex Foster. 
the oh man, he's Defense. an all flex defensive yeah. back. The safety for Vandergrift, he's huge. Uh, so we'll talk about that too. And Deuce Adams and Eli Adams. That's right. The Adams all brothers. of Vandergrift is all up in here. That's right. And yeah. uh, their their dad, famously uh, the lifetime Longhorn receiver Mike Adams, who's a, a good friend of ours too. And also LBJ. LBJ head coach. Head coach the right, Joseph Rawls, the new head coach. Jam Pack, you guys do not want to miss that flex. All right, uh, what's on tap for you? Uh, I'm a chill tonight. Chill I'm tonight. Relax. I, like I watch that. the ride. I watch the ride. Make sure y'all continue to watch the ride. I like that. Chillax. Uh, Patrick, what's on tap for you, brother? I'll probably do some cleaning. Real fun stuff. <laughs> Ooh, that don't sound fun at all. It I'm going to listen to the flex. So I'm excited about this flex. It's going to be a damn good show. Remember, the revolution I'll be telling us. Talk about it right here on Bottom Live. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.